I run a chainsaw, so that makes a pretty much a perfect square or rectangle. And then uh, you just put your heat on, keep your house warm so the hole stays open, and put your decoy down there on a, on a string and hope for the best. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your host, Angie Scott and Barb Carey. Welcome to the Women Angler and Adventurer Podcast. I'm Barb Carey, host along with Angie Scott. And today I am interviewing a fascinating woman. You know, I'm up here in the north woods of Minnesota on a little uh, trek exploring all sorts of fishing destinations. And one thing I like about this stuff is you always run into the most interesting people. And uh, that's what happened to me this time. Carol is invited to talk to me today. Carol, thank you for talking to me today. Oh, you are so welcome. Now, we were talking the other day, and, you know, we, were, we always get to talking about fishing. It seems like it always goes back to fishing. And you were telling me about how you carve decoys for pike spearing. Now, pike spearing is something that's not allowed everywhere, but it's kind of in the culture of northern Minnesota. Tell me a little bit about pike spearing. Well, the ice can't be too thick. You have to uh, drill a hole big enough so you can pull a big spike out to when you spear and you have to have your favorite decoy favorite color to put down there and hopefully it'll draw one of those big ones in so this is something that's only done in the winter and you you have to you know the ice freezes a little bit but not too thick you you carve a pretty big hole in the ice now how do you how do you cut that hole is it just you do a couple holes together with an ice auger or how does do you have a saw how does that work well, I run a chainsaw, so that makes a pretty much a perfect square or rectangle, however you want to say. And and then uh, you just put your heat on and make sure your heat's on and uh, keep your house warm so the hole stays open and put your decoy down there on, on a string and hope for the best. So what kind of house? Now, spearing houses, those are a little different. Tell me about your spearing house. Uh, spearing houses, the darker in the inside is the better because you can see more into the water. And usually when I spear, it's between uh, six and eight feet uh, the water is. And so I can see down into the water, and which is really cool for like if something swims through, you know. Um, sometimes you see a, a turtle. Sometimes you see just different things in the water. It's just so cool. Well, it's almost like looking in an aquarium. Yes. Yes, it is. So now the, the law is that you can only spear pike. Now, what are, what are the regulations around that? How big do they have to be? Or um, For Lake of the Woods, they can be up to 30 inches. And from 30 to 40, you cannot spear those. But anything over 40, you can. So as a fish is swimming by, how do you gauge how long it is? That must be kind of hard to do. Right. You, you, you know, if you don't think it's big enough, you don't spear. If you think it's big enough, then you do. But a lot of times, some of the smaller ones for just the really nice eaters or picklers, um, a lot of times your decoy will be down there and they'll just slowly go by your decoy and they'll be looking it over. So that gives you a chance to pretty much eye them up. 
So what? It, tell me about these decoys now that you put down there, and and basically, you know, it sits down there in the water column, and when a fish is swimming in the area, they see it and they come over to check it out. No, um, really, you you pull up on the string, and they make a circle to the left or to the right. It all depends how you may I make them, if you will, and um, it catches a pike's eye. It'll catch other fish eye too also um but what they do is they come over there and they check it out and see what's going on with that and stuff and they figure it might be lunch (laughs) so in addition to um having the the decoy have to look real it also has a moving component to it so you kind of work it like a puppet like move it up and down with a string yes pretty much pretty (laughs) much It's, it's just fun it's interesting you know it's yeah so what I found was so fascinating is that you make your own decoys. Tell me a little bit about how that works. Well, I I guess, you know, I have a bandsaw and uh, sanders and, and a Dremel tool. And, and I, of course, I'm a cake decorator, so painting them comes really easy to me, you know, so for color-wise and stuff. And that's all you pretty much do is... I spray paint them on, and after I and I weight them so they go down in the water really nice, and yeah. So, what kind of wood do you use? You start out with a square block of wood, and you make it into this beautiful looking fish thing. <laughs> I mean, I've seen the pictures; they're absolutely beautiful. Yes, I I like to use pine, and because it's a soft wood, it's easier to shape, and it's just like an end of a two by four. It let you know, um, and then you just start you draw your fish on there and just start carving on it and get it done, you know, weight it and get it done. And it turns out just beautiful. How do you weight them? You put some metal in there or something? We, what I do is I, I drill a hole on the bottom and then I um, f- have a lead pot and I fill them with hot lead and to weight them. And then I, I seal them up and I swim them. And if I don't like the way they swim, if they're too light, I drill another hole and and add more lead where it needs to be, so they s- swim really nice. Wow, that's that sounds fascinating. It, so not only uh, you have to have, have be somewhat of an artist, because I saw the paintings. I mean, these pictures you showed me—they look like they're real fish. They're just beautiful. And we're going to post some of these pictures uh, on our Facebook page. So when you're listening, you can head over there and take a look at these photos. But um, it's really not everyone has that talent. And if you were to go out and buy these things that someone else made, they they're really expensive to buy, aren't they? Yes, they are. Um, one one of the teachers that I have, he won national championship for the uh, NFDA, and um, so he taught me how to carve. And um, he knows he knows just knows how to how to take care of it. And he showed me a lot of little tricks and stuff that can make it easy for you to do. Wow, well that that helps. You know, mentoring others is always one of the greatest things about the whole fishing culture. Now, what's the biggest pike that you ever speared? That forty-two inch that's on my uh, Facebook page. <laughs> well, we'll we'll make sure we steal that picture off your Facebook page and add it onto ours because I saw it and it's very impressive. Now, you know, the the, the thing with uh, fish, some regular fishing, whether it be open water or ice fishing, you can you can catch a fish and um, 
if you want to, you can release it. But with spearing, you can't spear and release because it's obviously, you know, the fish isn't going to survive their spearing. So tell me some of the um, recipes or how you cook this. You talked about pickling some of the smaller ones, and that's kind of a de- delicacy. What's the secret to that? Well, what I do is I, I freeze it to make sure that, because um, sometimes northerns have, well, all fish, I should say, species have worms in them, you know, at different times of the year. So my my thing is to freeze it for like a week, and then I chunk it up and, and uh, just start. I have a recipe that it's just awesome, and it lasts, the fish in the fridge lasts for a long time. And I also make um, uh, fish patties, you know, with some of the smaller ones that, uh, you know, if you got a lot of bones, so you grind your fish, kind of like a tuna. Um, and then I also make another one where I boil my fish and use it for like a, a, a northern spread, some like where you can buy salmon spread. Well, I make a northern spread. Wow, that all sounds delicious. I mean, in northern is, I know some people that aren't really um, in in the know about the proper way to clean them kind of poo-poo them thinking that, oh, it's they're so bony. But northern is some of the most delicious fish there is, I think, if you know how to clean them properly. Yes, and one of the things also is when um, you're cleaning them, um, a lot of people leave the um, bellies, some of the belly part on them, and that's where you get that bitter taste from a northern, that really, really strong taste. If you don't want that on your, um, for that big taste, um, you just cut that all off and uh, make sure you don't have any of the white from when you fillet them out into any of your food. And that'll take care of all of that that strong, really strong taste. Well, I know the stuff I've had before, I mean, the fillets, I mean, it's like a thick, white, firm meat, you know. It's not like some of this real you know, flaky stuff. It's like, it's almost like a, almost like a steak per se. Oh yeah. It, it, it all depends how you cook them, you know, and they're just, to me, it's just wonderful, wonderful fish. Well, you know, it was a pleasure meeting you. I'm up here staying at uh, river bend resort up in Lake of the woods and you, uh, you're a, a woman of all trades here. I mean, you're in the kitchen, you're in the cabins, you're working. You, you, I don't think I know a harder working person than you, Carol. And in the, in the off season, you're spearing and making decoys and deer hunting and bird hunting and canning venison. I mean, you are kind of the epitome of a Northern Minnesota woman. Well, thank you, my dear. I, I just, you know, I like to be busy. I like to stay busy and I just find things to do. Well, it's a pleasure meeting you this week, and uh, I've really enjoyed looking at some of the pictures, and I'm sure our listeners are going to really enjoy looking at some of those decoy pictures, too. So, Carol, thank you so much for talking to me today. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for listening to the Women Angler and Adventure podcast, and please subscribe so you don't miss a show. Thank you. Thank you.